Hello, and welcome to another episode of Piecing the Parsha Together. This week's Parsha is Parsha Shlach. Last year, discussed the mitzvahs in the Parsha, which include Chala and the Nesachim, and their korbanos for various forms of, of, of mistaken avodazara, as sort of a aftermath <clears throat> of the sin of the spies, known as the Chet Hamaragli. And I think I ended off with trying to explain how Tzitzis might act as a way, as, as well, to sort of maybe tie parts of the Parsha together. Um, I'd like to try to expand on that uh, idea and maybe go a slightly different direction even this year. So, <clears throat> I said, we're talking about the Chet Hamaraglim. However, that is not, in fact, the word used in the Chumash. In Perakid Gimel Pesach Beis, it says, Shlach Anashim, Hashem is telling Moshe to send people, men, the Yasuru, that's the arts. They'll spy out the land. They'll search out the land. And <clears throat> I don't believe it says anywhere in this parsha the word ragel for miraglim. You see in Perak in Pasach Chafala for the same Perak, the beginning of Shani, it says that the men, the Yalaviyasuras Arts, they went and they spied out the land. And I think the only time that the Torah makes a reference to the word Miraglim, or Laragel, is actually in Parshish Tvarim. I think it says it there one time after they had carried out their mission. And this begs a question of what exactly, are they, are they similar words? What's the difference between the two words? And there is a Malbim at the beginning of this week's Parsha that uh, addresses just this. So the Malbim says, the Malbim, uh, so he says, I already explained the Parshish case that there are two types of Miraglim. So he says, one type is where the whole nation um, sends people, want to send people, and want to dwell on a certain spot. So they send out messengers beforehand to figure out if the land is good or bad. And he says that there's another group of people that would be after the first group of people. So now we want to know. Um, What's the weaknesses of the place? To use the wording of the Parshish Mikates, when Yosef was talking to the brothers, is ervas ha'aretz. The nakedness of the land, perhaps the weaknesses of the land. They find out where it's not fortified. So he says, if you're just going to, to search out the place, to do some basic, shall we say, reconnaissance of an area, find out if it's good or bad, that will call the Lushan of the language of tar. But if we're spies looking to to uh, be subversive and to co-opt a place, to conquer a place, find its weak spots, that's a margo, maragel. So he continues and points out that there might be differences, and he uses this to explain the parsha itself. Is that the, if you're talking about tarim, then that is something that would be sent by the whole group of people because it's it's an it's a fact-finding mission. 
But he says if you're talking about Miraglim, that's something that is going to be you know controlled by the government, like spies. And um, not everybody would know about that. They don't want Dennis to get public. And then he he continues that another distinction is that each each uh, tribe, if we're talking about Tarim, each tribe would want to send their own representative because each one of them wants to make sure the land is good for their specific tribe. But if we're talking in a military context, that's not going to be relevant. We're talking about an army. But what's real, you know, it doesn't matter what the, you know, the land is good for. Is it good for Ruvain? Is it good for, for Zulin? Is, is, the, is the commerce people? And um, again, this idea of, of, of it being sent out by the, you know, the heads of the people, which is again how the Psukim refer to to the Moraglim as being sent by the Rosh Alpha Israel. Um, then it's the same idea. So there's a distinction between what uh, say, could have happened and perhaps what what actually happens. So if Hashem tells Moshe he can send people to Lasur, Sa'aretz, maybe it's the fact-finding mission. We want to find out the land we're going to. And is it, you know, how, how, how does it work for, for a shave it with these needs versus a shave it with that needs? But is a question of, of, of conquering and looking for the negative. That wasn't the intention. And that's why, I guess, the Pasuk doesn't refer to the spies as Miraglim. So gets into this interesting question as historically in Jewish Jewish literature, they are in fact referred to as Miraglim. So it seems that they they veered from their mission and they sought to look only for the negative that is in Eris Yisrael. And in fact, that's the report that 10 of the spies give. It's too hard to, too hard to conquer. Can't do it. And obviously that's a tremendous, a tremendous sin, a tremendous setback for the people. And they have to spend 40 years in the desert. So again, the, some of the partios, little partios that follow after the Chetamaraglam to, to round out the Parsha of Shlach, deal with this new reality. And maybe, as I said, or tried to argue last year, is a certain amount of comfort if it's, they're going to go into Eretz Yisrael and they get certain mitzvahs that apply to Eretz Yisrael. <clears throat> but these are all results. This is a question of even the Makoshis ate him. And did the people just give up and think they didn't have to keep the mitzvahs anymore? No, here's someone who violates Shabbos and he's killed. A lot of different things that could relate to the, the sections of the Torah that follow the sin of the spies. But we get to the end of the Parsha. We have the mitzvah of tzitzis. It doesn't seem that it's automatically related to the spies, narrative-wise. So it could be that there is a further connection, and I believe I this is the, there's a comment from the nitziv that Hashem took Bnei Yisrael out of um, Mitzrayim. And um, he says, oh, maybe Bnei Israel forgot the mitzvahs while they're in Mitzrayim, but now you have the Torah, and you don't, you don't, you can't forget, and you can't, you can't, you know, pick and choose. And if Tzlachad decided that he could uh, violate Shabbos to make a point, that was a mistake. 
And so maybe there is some, you know, under the surface link. But perhaps more generally speaking, is there a connection between Sisyphus and the spies? Especially because I think most famous use of the word Tor is Losasuru. The parsha of Tzitzis is said twice a day in davening. Is don't lead yourself astray after what you see and after what's in your heart. And it could be that the idea is that the spies chose to seek out the negative, and that was not what they were supposed to do. They were supposed to find the positives in Eretz Yisrael. And the contrast of that is that we're now being told at the end of the Parsha, don't go looking after what your heart desires, what your mind desires, what your thoughts desire, and make those into being good things. Lo sasuru. Don't find the good. Oh, is this good? How can I do this? Right? No, it's, it's a negative. So there's perhaps a lesson. Don't be led astray. The spies, the spies had a mission, and they deviated from that mission. And don't let it, you know, sort of don't let it happen again, because that's a, you know, perpetual challenge that we face. Don't, you know, the, it says the eye sees and it desires. So that's perhaps, um, you know, to, to, to connect the two verbs. And again, there's, as you say, they ask the question, how sits this? Why sits this? How does it help us do that, let's say? And um, I'm sure there are many different approaches as to you know, symbolism and significance of tzitzis. But um, as I, said, I think I might have mentioned, at least in part last year, from Revolva, that in the midst of Shashkolos, that the tzitzis perhaps are like the lifeline. That the, he, he says the sailor, or the captain on the ship, will throw to a person in the water. So we say cling to the tzitzis, you know, which, which symbolizes mitzvahs, and it'll save you from drowning. I just saw, because I was looking for something else, um, that Revaria Kaplan points out in his work on tzitzis, that the idea of a beged, Right, the first time that you know we see God mentioned, clothing mentioned in the Torah is after the hate of Adam. And he has to cover himself. He's embarrassed. He's a question of shame. And he talks about the idea of, of a person. Then you know, in a beggar could be even this idea of maybe rebelling. So you have to put on clothes to keep it maybe from rebelling. Or maybe it symbolizes that we rebel. But, but you know, side of an idea to keep us more in check. The clothing that we wear, and Revolvo says specifically that that the tzitzis are sort of like a mark on a person, that he's an evid of Hashem. So perhaps that's a way of adding a connection. And furthermore, um, something else that I saw this year, or not before, is that there is a a kliyakar that that makes a you know talks about clothing. He says clothing you have to have the appropriate number of threads if it's a physical garment. But when it comes to mitzvahs, it's not true. Even one mitzvah can help. And um, you can you know, sort of give it the potential. person keeps one mitzvah, he has the potential to do them all, even if he doesn't actually do it. So sort of a spiritual thread to make the garment, a whole garment. But again, this idea of, you know, tzitzis being a, sort of a symbol, cling on, it's a lifeline. Or perhaps the idea, which I was not able to locate a specific source, that it sort of lets you reach even beyond and perhaps this, you know, it, there are mitzvahs reach beyond yourself, push beyond yourself. And maybe there is still here a, a layer of, of comfort and consultation, consolation to the, to the Jews in the desert. That Yeah, it's true that they're going to 
have to spend 40 years in the desert, but they can grab onto the lifeline that is tzitzis or allow themselves to realize that even if they don't have all the mitzvahs, because they're not going to have the mitzvahs of Eretz Yisrael, right, but they still have the ability to sort of reach beyond, which, which, which is what tzitzis symbolizes. And one of the, you know, these ideas perhaps can sort of, again, sort of tie the Parsha, which begins with this idea of scouting out or searching out. And it ends with this idea of, of searching out. And it's the idea that we may have messed up the opportunity at the beginning of the Parsha. And we're now being told to not mess it up again in the future. I wish everyone a wonderful Shabbos. I thank you all for listening. And I hope to see you again next time.